We're going to be studying tonight in God's Word and on a subject matter, uh, I'm, I'm going to call it, uh, it's, it's basically a study of the eagle. Uh, on our Wednesday night, we're going to do a study of the eagle and uh, because it relates to our covenant understanding. Uh, so it's kind of a sub-series of our covenant series that we're doing on Sunday. And uh, so today we're going to be looking at eagle's wings, our covenant position. So I want you to get that, that, uh, in your, that word in your mind right now, position, my position. This is about my positioning, okay? That's very, very, very important. And for thousands of years, the image of the eagle has been the official seals of, on the seal of empires. And from, uh, you see from the Roman Empire, they had the eagle it's all the way back to the first century, all the way here to America today, we have the eagle. Uh, I know, I think it was Benjamin Franklin suggested we have uh, the turkey, and, uh, but I'm kind of glad we got the eagle <laughs> instead. Now, I like eating some good turkey, but uh, for, our, for our seal of America, I like the eagle. I think we, American flag over here has got the eagle on the top of it over here. Uh, it's official uh, symbol uh, or seal for Germany as well. And uh, it appears on our coins and paper currency and official documents. You see it everywhere. And, uh, and you ask the question, why in the world has all these countries and nations over the centuries and over the millennia, uh, you go back in history and you find they use the eagle. And I believe it's because just like the lion is the king of the jungle, king of beasts, the uh, eagle is the king of the birds. Uh, there's no loftier bird in all the world than the eagle. And when we get into God's word, we find that God is very, uh, he's very interested in us studying about the eagle because he makes reference over and over about us being like an eagle or characteristics of an eagle that we could take on. And one of them is in <clears throat> Isaiah 40, 28 and following. What a powerful, you know, we all love the, this, these verses of scripture, right? You know, have you not known? <clears throat> have you not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he, he, he neither faints, okay? Isn't that a good thing that God is not going to faint? Anybody in here feel like, you know, sometimes you're just going to give in under the weight of life? But he says, no, God, the God that you serve will never faint. He's never weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. Now, this is where it comes into our part. He gives power to the weak. How many of you in here have had circumstances in life that have left you, rendered you weak? I mean, just be honest. It's good to be transparent. You know, everybody trying to be tough all the time, but really underneath, you're like, oh my goodness, I am wore out. I, that thing has beat me up. That has been like a roller out there in the parking lot that's rolled out the asphalt. It's rolled over me. It backed up. I heard the beeping button, you know, the beep, 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 and then it put it back in and rolled over me again. So life will do that to you at times. Circumstances will do that, to do that to you at times. But here he says that God is the one who gives power to the weak. Because when you're weak, you don't know where to get the power from. You don't have it. You know? And most time you talk to somebody trying to get it from them, and they'll try to out-tell uh, your sad story with their sad story. And now you're like, you're both down in the pits, okay? But let me tell you what, God is the one, he said, who gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. I mean, God goes to the place where if all of the air has been squeezed out of you, I mean, you are a balloon and you are completely flat, he says that God is the one that, that if you have no might, he will increase your strength. 
Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, there's the key. They that put their trust, put their dependence, put their, they just fall on Him. They fall on Him. They wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. That word wait in the Hebrew doesn't mean sitting in a waiting room waiting for your name to be called. It literally means to lean your weight on something, to depend on it. Like you're sitting in that chair. You're waiting on that chair right now. You're depending on that chair to hold you up. Hallelujah. I'm glad they're holding you up. You know, we were in, uh, I think it was uh, Czech Republic, and I was doing the men's conference there. Uh, they separated the men from the, men, men, men from the women, and uh, they had these little kind of cheap plastic chairs that a lot of us may have on our back decks and stuff like that. And there was a gentleman walked in there, and he must have had a tough day. And um, I, I don't speak Czech, so I don't know what he said, but he said something. And he walked in, and everybody kind of laughed. And then he just plopped down in the chair, and the legs broke out from under it. And his feet went straight up in the air. And whether Czech or American, we laughed in the same language, and we all had a good time. <laughs> That chair did not hold him up as he was waiting upon it. That chair does not represent God. God will never break down under you. God will never let you down. He'll never throw you on the floor. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. In other words, he says you've gone from a place where you have no strength, you have a pl you've gone from a place where you're in weakness, but because you're now putting your weight on the Lord, you're depending on the Lord, that God's going to... But he's going to put air back in your balloon. He's going to put energy back in your life. And not only that, he's going to lift you up like the wings of an eagle. Now you're going to run and not be weary, and you're going to walk and not faint. Praise God. So God clearly uh, tells us that we should be like eagles here. He's talking about this, and there's other places in the Scripture he says that we should. So on Wednesday night, we're going to be looking at this series of the eagles, the seven aspects of an eagle. And tonight, we're just probably going to look at one. So if somebody say, this, he's not going to do all seven tonight. You know, you can do that. That's okay. <laughs> and what we're going to look at, the first aspect of an eagle that we're going to spend our time on tonight is an eagle's posture. An eagle's posture. And uh, the scripture says in Job 39, the Lord said to Job as he's in a question, he says, is it at your command that the eagles rise high upon the cliffs to make her nest? She lives among the cliffs, making her home in her mountain fortress. So the posture of an eagle in this question that God is asking Job, he is telling him, you didn't make the eagle, I created the eagle. And now God's telling us that we need to learn from the eagle, we need to uh, be like an eagle, and the way God created an eagle is for an eagle to make her nest in the high places, to make her home in the mountain fortress. And, and according to the scriptures, we see that the eagle, because of God's creative order, prefers high elevation. Now, now there are over 243 variations of, the, of eagles, not just the bald eagle that we know, and 50 broad classifications of eagles. So there's a lot of eagles. There's fish, uh, fish eagles, golden eagles. All, I mean, we could list them all. So what I want to focus on is the characteristics of a golden eagle because they are the ones most common in the Middle East and in that uh, region uh, where uh, we have most of the biblical story, the Mediterranean golden eagle. And you'll study that eagle, you'll find that she will, that's what she does. She builds her nest in the cleft of the rock and the top of a cliff. 
thousands of feet above sea level. That's just her God-creative order. It's in her DNA. She can't help it. She can't explain why she does it. She just does it because that's what God created her to do. And I believe in God saying that we should study the eagle and learn of the eagle and the ways that he created the eagle and, and see what uh, application we could make of that in our life. I believe uh, one is that we can understand her posture and that we too should adopt that posture for our life. Because the number one reason God tells us that we should be as an eagle is uh, related to uh, this high and mighty uh, posture of the eagle. The Apostle Paul, he exhorts believers to assume a heavenly posture. Right there in the scripture, he writes in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Look at the scripture. He says, since you have been brought back to true life with Christ, you must look for the things that are from above. You know, if you're a Christian, you're born again, you're full of the Holy Spirit, you are you were once dead in your sin, but you've been brought back alive, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, you got to get your eyes off of what is below, you got to get your eyes off of what is right horizontal, and you got to turn your eyes to the hills, you got to turn your eyes to the heavens, he says, so that you can look for the things that are from above in heaven, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, and let your thoughts. See, we've got to discipline our thoughts. Let your thoughts be on heavenly things, not on the things that are on the earth. Now, the things that are on the earth, you know, that's where the dirt is. That's where, that's where stuff happens in life. And, you know, some people can even get to using curse words when they talk about that. It, it's just where all of the steamroller of life runs over us and all of this stuff. But God says, I've created you as a different creature. I've created you with a different DNA. I've not created you to just be like the chicken scratching around in the dirt. I've created you to be like an eagle. He says, I've got things for you that this earth can't even understand. I've got things for you that the laws of this earth says it can't happen and my laws of heaven can violate the laws of this earth. He said, how do you think my son walked on water? Gravity says you can't do that. But he was representing a heavenly force, a heavenly power, a heavenly anointing that can lift us even above the laws of the natural world. Which means that your DNA may tell you that because your parents had this and your grandparents had that, that there are, there are uh, signs here that you are going to have these weaknesses as well. Those are the laws of the land. But he says, you got to learn to look high. you got to look up. you got to say, wait a minute, if I'm a new creation, in Christ Jesus and I'm a joint heir with Jesus which means now I'm a son or a daughter of the most high God don't I have a different blood source don't I have a different DNA I can pull on that can actually violate the laws of this land and give you a heaven on earth experience hallelujah so since you've been brought back to true life with Christ, you must look for the things that are from above. You got With anticipation, you've got to start pulling on. Look for the things from above in heaven where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So you got to, how do you do that? By letting your thoughts be on heavenly things, not on the things that are on the earth. Wow. Now, now when some of the 12 apostles first met Jesus, he asked them this question, what do you want? And the apostles responded to Jesus. They said, Rabbi, we want to know where you live. We want to know where you live. He replied in John 1.35, he said, come and see. Come and see, right? 
So the apostles went to see and they saw how Jesus lived. Even though he was on earth, he talked to his Father in heaven. Even though he was on earth, he would go up to the mountains and as he would spend time with his Father and spend time with his Holy Spirit, he would come back walking on water. He would come back raising the, the, the dead. He would come back opening the blinded eyes. He would come back causing the lame to walk. They're like, wow, he's pulling from above. And they never left him because once they saw how he lived, they too wanted to live like that. See, Jesus lived in a heavenly or spiritual dimension of life and Jesus was modeling that for them and he was modeling that for us. For he says, as he is in the world as he was, so are we, the Bible says. But we have to discipline our minds and be looking, posturing ourselves. That is our covenant position. Because God, I said it last Sunday, Sunday before, God has given us a covenant, a covenant that is better than every covenant in the Old Testament. The old covenant of the Old Testament is filled with covenants, and every one of those covenants, they kept getting better and better, but none of them were complete until the New Testament or the new covenant that was given to us by Jesus Christ, our high priest. Hallelujah. Hebrews 7 and 8 tells us they were built upon better promises. Somebody needs to start looking looking up and pulling on the better promises. They were built upon by a better high priest, Jesus Christ himself, sealed and guaranteed by better blood, the Bible says, which was the blood of the Son of God rather than a lamb here on earth. Praise God. And they are without limitation. There is no expiration on this covenant. It is for you and it is for me. Hallelujah. In third chapter of John, Jesus told Nicodemus, if you remember, he said, no one has gone up to heaven but the Son of Man, and no one has come down from heaven but the Son of Man, and no one is in heaven but the Son of Man. And if you were to get to the heart of what he was saying to Nicodemus, he says, right here, uh, I'm saying to you, I'm living heaven right before you. That's what he was explaining to Nicodemus. He says, I'm, I'm living heaven. I am bringing heaven here. And that's why Jesus taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Somebody's got to pull heaven down. We've got to understand our covenant posture. That it, and that posture is like the eagle's posture, is positioning ourselves in the heavenlies, positioning ourselves where he is. One of the neat characteristics of an eagle as you study an eagle, is you'll find that when a storm, a threatening storm is coming, and, and he just knows because of the creative order of God that he can go at the edge of a cliff where there is, a, there, there is the cliff, everything just drops. And, and because of the conflict of earth hitting the mountainside of that cliff, it causes a thermal lift. And that eagle says, I'm not going to work extra hard. A storm's coming. So an eagle will go over that thermal cliff. I don't know if you've ever seen them just kind of like going around in a circle, kind of like a buzzard, okay? Now, that, that's a different reason for the eagle. And you would just see him start, if you'll watch him, he would just get smaller and smaller and smaller as he would just kind of like soar just, just in a circle over that, and let that thermal lift. The conflict of the earth, which is going to tear houses down, it's going to tear trees down, that, that storm 
storm is going to cause destruction, but instead of him letting it tear him down or her down, he lets the conflict, because he aims his wings upward, lift him above the clouds to where the sun is still shining, even though it may be dark and stormy on this earth. And he will ride out the storm above the storm. There again, God is showing us we've got to get that covenant posture of an eagle where we set our affection on the things that are above and not below. You know, he says, my help comes from the Lord. Where does my help come? It comes from the Lord. So I'm looking under the hills. I'm looking under the hills for whence my help comes. Hallelujah. So we got to learn that posture. It is so important. In his letter, the Apostle Paul writes to the Ephesians there at Ephesus and and uh, he, you know, he's in alignment with God and he tells us in that letter five different times that we don't have to die to go to heaven. Five different times he says you don't have to die to go to heaven. According to what Paul was teaching under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he was saying that we can live in the heavenly, the heavenly dimension right now while we're living here on earth. Now, now that, don't, that don't do away with heaven, but it says you don't have to wait to get to heaven to taste heaven. You don't, have to get, you don't have to wait to get to heaven to see the, the miracles that heaven has provided for. Hallelujah. So much can be learned from this posture of the eagle. The high and lofty perch of an eagle. It, 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 it challenges us with this issue. Where are we living? What are we setting our affection on? Where are we living in our lives? Where are we living our lives moment by moment and day by day and hour by hour? According to the Apostle Paul, it is possible to live in this heavenly dimension. I believe this covenant position that God is saying that, that He wants to pull us into as we understand this better covenant that we have with Him is that we begin to live in that heavenly dimension. That we can come into someone else's heartache and someone else's uh, uh, pain and we can usher in the glory and we can usher in healing and we can usher in that lift of God that we can be a light in darkness, that we can drive out the darkness, that we can be salt of the earth, that we can be true change agents. But we can't do that if we're drawing on what we see and what we're experiencing in life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Paul challenges us in Ephesians 1 and 3. He said, set your affections on the things that are above. On the things that are above. Praise God that we would set our affections on the things that are above in the heavenly places that are in Christ. All the spiritual blessings we need. And then Apostle Peter, he challenges us in 2 Peter 1 and 3 and he says, to know the Lord and to find in Him all the things that pertain to life and godliness. There is a, we have a source, and our source is the covenant cut, the one who cut covenant with us, Jesus Christ Himself. He has not only made the promises, but He backs up the promises and He provides all of the provision in and through Himself. Hallelujah. So God wants you and He wants us to consider uh, this heavenly posture of the eagle and, and how we should set. I mean, it takes work, I know, because the things of the earth call our name louder. The things of the earth knows our buttons. Anybody in here got any buttons? I'm telling you what, people who know you best knows those buttons and they can start pushing those buttons and you'll go from a happy, happy to a slappy, slappy person. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Praise God. So we've got to discipline ourselves. I'm telling you, discipline ourselves. 
I've told you my story a thousand times, but I didn't know this. And all I could see was the pain in my body. And all I could see was the loss. And all I could see was the lack. And all I could see was what I didn't have. And all I could see was the sadness and the depression. That's all I could see. And as I looked at it, it got worse and worse. And it was like my world was dark. My world was heavy. My world was sad. I was ready to get out of this world. And you take me out, I'd have been happy because it was miserable. And I never, I could not imagine living to be 60 or 70 or 80 years old. Who would want this life to go that long? And I tell, I'm telling you, when I got this revelation and I began to discipline myself and look and reset my posture and begin to pull on heaven and see who I am in Christ. And this is my creative order of God, just like the creative order of a God of an eagle is to perch itself in the high and lofty places and to ride out the storms and let the opposition actually be the strength that lifts you rather than pulls you down. When I began to see that and look to God and look to Him and look to Christ for that provision, guess what? It works. He works. Hallelujah. And the more the devil tried to tear me down, the higher I went. The more the devil tried to crush me, the more strength I had. And the more the devil tried to depress me, the happier I was. And now I live happy all the time. I don't know why. I'm just happy. I'm just happy. Well, I do know why. Hallelujah. And, and do I have opposition? You better believe it. Don't believe me? Come take this position for just a week and see what the bullseye of the, the, the demons of hell will try to do you're against you and your family. Just try and take it for a week. That's all I ask you to do, and you'll see. You'll have great sympathy. But I'm not up here licking my wounds tonight. I'm up here telling you greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I'm trying to encourage somebody who's been hit, somebody who's been shot. Uh, Brother Mark, he's got one of the funniest uh, testimonies. I'm telling you, Brother Mark Spivey, we were up at the hospital visiting with him yesterday. And he's up there in uh, rehab. He, you know, he, uh, he had a heart attack and uh, had since put in. And then uh, after that, sometime just recently, he had uh, uh, the stroke and now he's up there for rehab. And what happened after his heart attack and the stents were put in, uh, he had to go through rehab, rehabilitation, you know, occupational therapy and so forth. So they were running him and the lady put the wrong code in and had him running, you know, 100 miles an hour on the, on the treadmill and his tongue's hanging out. And then when he finally gets off of there and he says, you're trying to kill me. She's, oh, I'm sorry, put the wrong code, put it in backwards, you know. And, uh, and then, you know, they got food poisoning and, and he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, I've had three strokes, I've had two heart attacks. He said, I've been run over, I've been shot and I've been blown blown up and now I've come up here and you guys are trying to kill me and guess where they got him they got him in room 911 <laughs> he said now when I call for help I, I have to answer my own call you know <laughs> he had us rolling in there and he's coming along great and he's and we're praying that he'll be up and out of there real soon but um I just loved, you know, he said, y'all trying to kill me. He said, but you know what? I'm not going to die. My time's not up yet. I got work for the Lord to do. And he was encouraging us. We were trying to encourage him and he was encouraging us. I'm telling you, you can pull on a strength that comes from God that is beyond our ability. Praise God. So the posture is such an important message for the body of Christ. Because it will seriously impact your life. I'm telling you, it will impact your finances. It will seriously impact your family. It will seriously impact your future and your safety. I'm telling you, when I looked at the earthly things of, you know, what pastors make and starting a church and 
in, in church plants and then having an old building and it was needing so much repair and there was, there was more red than there was black. There, if you know what I'm talking about financially, it was, it was, it was like, we'll n- I'll never be able to do this. And excuse me, how will I get married and raise children and take care of my wife? You know, you know if, I, if I get $100, you know, I can't cash the check. Because there's no money in there. It was just a good will, you know, that we'll give you a hundred dollars. And then I was thinking, how? There's, there's just no way. And then, you know, it was like with that mindset, I had this, my magnetism turned in the negative. And I'd walk up to people and they would just like, you know, have a magnet, you know, pushes if it's got the polar, you know, it's hitting the, the doubles or facing each other, and you try to get the closer to it, I've tried to get closer to it, and it's like I never could achieve it. I never could get it. I, you know, some people say I take three steps forward and four steps back. I just couldn't get it. I just, it was just broke, busted, and disgusted. But when I got this revelation, I'm telling you, and I began to look up and said, God, you said you would meet all my needs according to your riches and glory. And I'm not dependent on what the average medium income of a pastor of a church plant is and all this. So I'm not dependent on that. I'm dependent on you. And I'm, you've called me here. And, I'm, and I just begin to call it in saying, Lord God, I thank you. And I praise you right now for you can meet all the needs according to your riches and glory. And God, you're a God of abundance and overflow. Your name is El Shaddai, meaning the God of more than enough. You can't even and feed the 5,000 and the wives and the children 15, 20,000 with a little boy's lunch and leave it at that. You got to give 12 basketfuls over. That's El Shaddai. You're God of more than enough. And I began to, and guess what? It changed the polarity in, in, the, in something in the physical, spiritual realm. And it started attracting people who said, God sent me here. I'm supposed to invest in what's happening here. I'm supposed to invest in what God has called you to do. I don't even know what God's called you to do, but I know I'm supposed to be a part of it. And it changed the polarity altogether. And then I began to see, that, well, if that'll work in the finances, will it work with my emotions? Because I'm so tired of being depressed and I'm so tired of riding a roller coaster. I'm so tired of being happy, knocking on wood, knowing that it's not going to last because I'm going to be sadder. And if it's a high happy, it's going to be a low sad. And that, that roller coaster I used to live in. And, and I said, I'm going to try it with that. And then I began to thank God. You're the joy. You've got joy, 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 joy. Hallelujah. And your joy is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. I just began to say, Lord, I thank you that you created me in your image. That means I'm supposed to be a a walking, talking joy uh, stick here. I'm supposed to let people see the light of heaven and the laughter of heaven and the smile of heaven and the glory of heaven. And, and, And guess what? It changed that polarity. It changed it. And now I don't have to try and seek joy. Joy comes to me. Hallelujah. And I get up every morning with a big smile on my face, my hair standing straight up, and I say, I don't care if it's a bad hair day because I don't have a bad hair day. I'll wear a hat. That's no big deal because I got the joy of the Lord. And I just, and I, I go and I meet my family and I wake them up and I'm joking them and, and they're like, that, they know me. My kids know that's dad. But they didn't know me before and you wouldn't have liked to know me before because I wasn't always that nice. <laughs> Believe it or not. (laughs) I'm telling you, the world needs us, church, more than ever. I mean, we are in desperate days. We are in, those. uh, I believe, the beginning of the last days. And, uh, And with the technology of man today, we can actually destroy mankind. 
And there's wars and rumors of wars and there's people living in fear and living in anxiety. And the devil, I'm telling you, he's prowling like a roaring lion seeking someone trying to devour them. But in the midst of all this, let me say to you, we can be more confident than we've ever been. In the midst of all this that is going on uh, uh, in the world today, you can be more secure than you've ever been. And you can be more prosperous than you've ever been. And the reason why is because you are in charge. Did you know that? You are in charge. You are in control if you will take control. See, the devil tries so hard to keep us ignorant of the fact that we as Christians are truly in charge of our life and circumstances. See, see, it's our prayers that keeps the world from totally going to hell. Did you know that? It's our presence that is preserving the earth and keeping the Antichrist restrained until those days he's released. The Bible talks about that time in 2 Thessalonians 2 where the man of lawlessness cannot be revealed until he who is restraining him is taken away. Now who is it is restraining him? Some theologians who want to forget who they are in Christ will say, ah, that's when the Holy Spirit is taken away. Well, the Holy Spirit is God, and God is omnipresent, so you can't take the Holy Spirit away. David said, if I was to go into hell, you're there, God. You're omnipresent. You're everywhere. You're everywhere your presence is. Hallelujah. So we know the Holy Spirit's not going to be yanked out of this earth, but the Bible does talk about in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 7 in the twinkling of an eye that there's going to be a group that's going to be yanked out of this earth, raptured out of this earth, called the church, the church. Now Jesus, before he left, he said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. My church is going to hold back the gates of hell. My church is going to restrain the man of lawlessness. The Antichrist cannot be revealed until we go home. I'm telling you. So now all of that sounds good, but what the message we need to get in our spirit and begin to walk out is that we are truly in charge and we need to exercise that authority. That we as Christians need to learn how to exercise our authority. And if your posture is like the chickens and you're living in the chicken coop, and I'm telling you, we had hundreds of chickens growing up and they stink and they put out some slimy stuff. Woo! that just piles up layer upon layer. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And the rain comes and it gets slick like you can only imagine and you're sliding in trying to get the eggs and sliding out trying to get the eggs. Okay, that's how a lot of Christians live, uh, trampling through that stuff. But I'm telling you, we got to learn from the eagle and understand our covenant position and our posture is in the heavenlies. Our posture is in Christ. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, the Bible says. Hallelujah. So as long as we're around, you just well go ahead and start flexing your muscles. Say, devil, you're not going to do just what you want to do. You're not going to go just where you want to go. You're not going to. And if he's got his hands on any of yours, you say, I exercise my authority. Get your hands off of them. I'm telling you what, if uh, you had a little daughter and some uh, uh, crazy head come from the streets and sent, come over there and start yanking her hair, and you wouldn't care if he was muscled up and stronger than a bull. You would jump on him. You know you mama hen 
friends with, you would jump on him, you would claw him, you would do everything you could to protect your young daughter. Well, I'm telling you what, we need to do the same thing. The devil's trying to take our kids, he's trying to take our health, he's trying to take our wealth. We need to say, I'm not allowing this. I'm going to fight like I've never fought before because I know who I am in Christ and the strength that I have comes from the Lord. I, I'm gonna, he said that those without strength, those without strength, he was going to increase their strength. Isn't that what we just read? He was going to give us supernatural strength. Some of us need to tap into the supernatural strength of God and put the devil out of our circumstances, put the devil out of our home, put the devil out of our children's lives, okay? In Luke 10, 19, Jesus declared that we uh, have power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And he says, in all the power of the enemy, we have authority over all the power of the enemy. Now, if Jesus says, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and he says, if you don't know what the enemy's like, it's like scorpions and snakes, that stuff that crawls around on the ground, on this earth. He said, but I've given you power from on high. And the power I've given you is an authority that you can exercise over the power of the enemy and he by no means shall harm you. Sometimes we need to understand as the church that we've got to toughen up. And we've got to learn how to fight. We've got to posture ourselves as the eagle postures itself and say, wait a minute, God has set me up in Christ, not under. He has set me to go over rather than be trampled underfoot. And the devil's the one that's supposed to be trampled underfoot. He says, you're going to trample scorpions and serpents under your feet. He's not talking about literal scorpions. He's talking about the demons. And he's talking about the devil. He's under your feet. He's under your feet. You have authority over him. You have authority over him. And sometimes we just need to keep being reminded of that because we, we go back to our default thinking and the stuff that's happening to us on the horizontal level begins to take authority and control over us again. We yield to it. Well, I'm here to keep encouraging you. Don't yield to it. Say, wait a minute. Greater is he who is in me. Wait a minute. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the, this thing in the world. He's got a short time in the world. But he, he, God says, I'm a part of a church that is pushing back the gates of hell. I'm not letting you push on me. I'm pushing back. See, this is one time you're not going to be charged with domestic violence if you push back. Because you have, a, you have a heavenly right. You have a heavenly right to exercise your authority and push back on the devil. And push back till he falls down and you trample him underfoot. We don't want to just have bull pushing bull. We want him under our feet. Praise God. I ask you, if Jesus was on the earth, do you think the devil could just do anything he wanted? Do you think he could just go up there and do anything he wanted? If Jesus was right here and the devil's right here, you think the devil could do anything he wanted? You better say no louder than that. My goodness, we're talking about Jesus, okay? Well, we are the body of Christ, okay? We are the body of that same anointing, Christ, Christos, with that same anointing God has chosen to put in us as the church. We have the same authority He has. We have the same power He has. It's time we start exercising it. I mean, just think of some of the statements that God makes in His Word trying to renew our minds, implying His desire for our authority and mastery over life. Just look at them. There's Genesis 1. Look at that, that, that little chart I've got there for you. It says, fill the earth. He says, fill the earth, rule the earth, subdue the earth. That's His original creative order. That's your posture. You're not supposed to be down. You're supposed to be over. You're to rule the earth. You're to subdue the earth. That's how He created us. Then He says, Deuteronomy 8, possess the land. He says, Psalms 115, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth, earth he has given to who? The sons of men. 
Thank God he has given the earth authority over this earth. He didn't give authority over heaven. He gave authority over this earth to us, sons and daughters of God. Mark 16, cast out devils. Don't let devils run you, rule you, live around you. Cast them out. Luke 10, 19, he says, behold, I give you authority. Matthew 18 and 18, Whoever, whosoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And he's talking about this heavenly realm where Satan's command post is. We're not loosing anything in God's heaven and binding anything in God's heaven. He says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in heavenly places. So that's not God's place. Those darkness is in these heavenly places. And you and I can bind and loose. We have that authority. If that, that command post of Satan has a bondage on any area of your life, you can loose it in Jesus' name. You have the authority to do that. And if those demons have a, a strategy and they're working to, to, uh, to uh, loose something, you can bind it. Just, they're loose to come and bring sickness and disease and pain in your life. You can bind it and so put a stop to it today. Hallelujah. And then Romans 8 and 37, he says, for we are more, more. Somebody say more. We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, taking every thought captive and bringing it to the obedience of Jesus Christ. You and I have to exercise that authority to take every thought captive. Don't allow it to just run in your mind and tell you what it wants. You say, no, I bring you to the obedience of Jesus Christ. This is what God says. This is what the word of God says. And the list goes on and on because God has designed us to be masters. He has designed us to rule and reign as regents in his name. Amen. Hallelujah. So if we're more than conquerors, then why are we being conquered? We need to ask that. If we're more than conquerors, why in the world are we being conquered? Christians are being conquered by sickness and debt and financial problems and divorce and depression and fear and, and the devil himself. I see it all the time. Well, I believe some of the answers to that question, why is the devil getting by with this? I, I've got several answers. Let me give you them. First one is because of a lack of knowledge. Hosea 4 and 6, God says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. You don't know you have that authority. You don't know how to use the authority. You don't know how to uh, live a life of victory. And um, that's what I believe God's called us here at Christian Embassy to come alongside and to be that constant coach over and over and over. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can, you can win because you were created to be a winner. You can, you can be healed because you were created healed. You, were, you, can, you can have fi finances uh, enough to leave an uh, inheritance for your children, your children's children, and, and also have uh, extra to take care and help those that are in need and, and they're around you. Let me tell you why. There is... There, is that encouragement that we all need. And I'm like David. I've gotten to the place. I encourage myself in the Lord. You know, because unfortunately, I never had a spiritual mentor who encouraged me this way. I looked for it, and they would always want to pick on the little moles that I had behind my ear. I'm like, you know what? You're pulling on something negative that I, you're so tiny and small, and, and I didn't even know, you know, it's the way I talk or the way I walk or the way I, uh, uh, you know, I w w close my eyes or the way I comb my hair. You know, they was just picking on little stuff, and I'm like, well, that's not the right mentor. And then somebody else picking on me, and they're picking on my theology, you know. You got to be, you got to be traditional in this thing. And you're talking about this healing stuff. You're talking about this deliverance stuff. You know, yeah, we got to keep it safe. I'm like, no, that's not the right mentor. 
So one day I was reading in the Word and it said, David said, you know, I encouraged myself in the Lord. I said, yeah, I'm going to stop looking for a mentor, you know, because, and limiting myself to that. God, you want to send them, I'll, I'll surrender and yield to them. But I tell you what, I'm just going to start encouraging myself in the Lord. Because if this is what your Word says, I don't care if nobody else believes it, I'm going to believe you, God. And, and, and I'm going to walk in it and I'm going to talk it and I'm going to preach it and I'm going to live it and I'm going to teach it to my children. I'm going to teach it to my wife. We're going to, we're going to prosper and nobody wants to be happy with us prospering and happy with us being healed and happy with us having joy and happy with us being nice people and good citizens. I tell you, they can just go somewhere else. But I just started encouraging myself in the Lord and now God said, you start encouraging the people. And I tell you what, I took on that role because I tell you, it is so exciting to be able to come here week after week after week after week, after week, after week, knowing the devil's hard, knowing the devil is fighting you, knowing their spiritual warfare, knowing things that you had hoped would have gotten better this week and it hadn't gotten better yet. And you need some encouragement. And somebody say, no, no, no. Just because the circumstances hadn't lined up to the word doesn't change the word. Let's stay with the word so the word can change the circumstances. Hallelujah. So I've given myself to helping train and teach and give revelation on this. And, um, and then secondly, I believe it's because uh, we believe the lie. The devil comes in and he tells us, ah, oh, you're just an old sinner saved by grace. You ought to thank God you got oxygen to breathe. You know, why you believe in God for all this pulling on God, worrying God, troubling God with all these other things. You know, we're just a bunch of suffering, miserable servants waiting for our Savior to rescue us. Oh, rapture, please come, please come. I'm telling you what, that's a bunch of hogwash. You know, if I can say it that way, we've been given dominion and we've been given authority in this life right now. That's what the Bible says. And, and God is the one who gave us the authority. And, and I'm going to help you to know what it means and how to walk in that authority. I believe that's part of my assignment. So, so you, you don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. And then another reason I believe uh, Christians are being conquered because we haven't understood the chain of command. There's a chain of command. And it ain't pastor got to call all the shots. I know there's some traditions that you got to do everything. The pastor says, okay, no, no, no. In Genesis 1, 26, 7, and 8, God gave authority to Adam and Eve over the earth, over everything here, and even over the devil. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they gave that authority over to the devil. But when Jesus came, let me tell you what. He did not just come here to just go through what he went through. He had a purpose. He had a mission. And when he came and died on the cross, he took the authority back from the devil. The Bible says he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And when you and I are born again, what did he say? I now give you the authority. I've given it back to you that you would exercise the authority. I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell is going to run for the shadows. They're going to run for the, uh, the, the, the valleys and hide in the valleys because the church of my of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to shine like a city on a hill. Hallelujah! I say we've got to rise up to our calling. We've got to rise up to what God has provided for us and, and understand the authority has been given to us here in this earthly realm. Another reason I believe that Christians have suf suffered so much under the conquering authority of Satan is because we, we have not accepted what God says about us. We've not, we don't accept what he says about us. We've got to learn that if God said it, that settles it. 
That settles it. Well, I don't feel. Who cares what you feel? Like your feelings can change. You know, yesterday you was all honey baby sweetie pie and today you got the knife out chasing them around the house. Come on now, your feelings come and go, rise and fall. We got to stick with something that's a standard, something that's a plumb line. And that's the word of God. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6 tells us that we are made alive in Him, raised with Him and seated with Him in heavenly places. Where are those heavenly places? Far above all principalities and power, far above all dominion and over every name that is named, Ephesians 20 and 22 says. Hallelujah. And in Romans 8 and 9, Paul writes there and he says that we are destined to become conformed to the image of His Son who is the firstborn of many brethren. You and I are those brethren. Do you know that? 1 John 4 and 17 says, as He is Jesus that is, so are we in this world. It specifically says in this world. We've got to see that we are the sons and daughters of God. We've got to rise up. We've got to rise up and exercise the authority that God has given us. Hallelujah. So I believe Christians are being conquered because we don't accept what God says about us. But I'm here to keep telling you what God's. I'm not telling you what I'm saying about you. I'm telling you what God says about you. The one who created you. The one that causes your lungs to work. The one that's got your heart beating right now without it being plugged into an outlet, without it being recharged with some uh, charger. Your heart is just pumping right now. The God that's given you life. The God that causes that, that, that computer of your brain to work and your eyes to see and your ears to hear in a way that we can't even explain it. Let me tell you why. He is the one who said, as Jesus is here in this earth, so are we in this world. Hallelujah. So you've got to believe what God says about you. And then fifth, I believe we're being conquered is because we've been afraid to take our rightful place that posture that we're talking about of the eagle, we're not willing to take our rightful place as sons and daughters of God. See, Jesus is the Son of God, but the Bible says He is our elder brother. Hallelujah. So as sons and daughters of God, He's telling us that you and I, you know, oh my, are you good to your kids? Do you want nothing but the best for your kids? Do you want to go and take a, a hatchet and chop on your child's arm? No, the devil would. You want nothing but good. You want to protect your children. You want to meet their needs. Took two of the smallest ones to the bank yesterday and they're opening up their, their accounts. And, and, uh, and, uh, and the gentleman is asking them, from the bankers asking them, you know, well, what's your profession? You know, and Morgan's 14 and she says, well, I'm a babysitter. She also works with the shepherd's guide, but I don't think she likes it that much. So she didn't mention that one. <laughs> she said, I'm a babysitter. And then Caleb got to Caleb. He's, you know, tw just turned 12 last week and and said, uh, what's your profession, sir? And he says, I'm a data entry, a data entry for a CRM program. And he was impressed. And he's like, wow, really? And uh, he says, yes, he works with the shepherd's guide and he enters names and addresses in the customer relations management program. But, you know, that, that, that worked out really well. And then... Um, there was, uh, you know, putting the funds in and that dad's here. And I'm just like, you know what? You know, I want them to be ahead of where they're even at. They've been working hard and saving their money. So I'm adding money to it. I'm just adding money. They didn't need it because I pay all their bills. I mean, you ask them to pay the bill and they'd look at you like, what is that? You know, because they know daddy pays the bills. But here I'm wanting to add to it. Just a good, good father. Now, did I get that? Where did I get that from? I got it from my heavenly father. 
And that's how he is with you and me. He's like, you know, you're like, well, I got, I've got enough. My needs are met. I, you know, I, but he says, I'm the God that'll leave you with 12, 12 basketfuls afterwards. I'm just El Shaddai. That's who I am. It's my nature. I, I, I want to bless you in abundance. Overflow, overflow. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, our God is a good God. He says, you're my son. You're my daughter. You say, well, no, I'm an orphan. No, my family doesn't have anything to do with me. Stop looking at the horizontal. Remember, we opened this up by taking on the posture of an eagle, and an eagle goes to the high place. The eagle perches, and God says, be like the eagle. So you got to look, your, not to your earthly, and you may have great earthly parents, but you have a better than your earthly parents, heavenly parent. Hallelujah. And you got to look to God. And I'm telling you what, what a good, good God He is. Romans 8.22 says God tells us that all of creation, all of creatures, all circumstances, all of life is earnestly longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Did you see that right there? Here, John 1 and 12, it says that many have received Him to them. He gave the right to become sons or daughters, uh, children of God. But now the earth, the earth is longing the earth is begging, would the church arise? Will the sons and daughters arise? There's evil that is ruling and there's evil that is trampling and there's pain that is coming from that. Would the church arise and put a stop to it and let some light run out that darkness and let some salt preserve? And so they're longing. They're longing. They may be out there and talking negative about the church because they're so disgusted with a religion that just doesn't do anything, a religion that doesn't go anywhere. So they're not longing for a religion. They're longing for sons and daughters of God who says we have the authority to put under our feet the works of the devil and to let the light of heaven shine here in earth. Hallelujah. I say, would you be a covenant keeper? Will you come into covenant with God? And will you tap into the power and tap into the joy and tap into the peace and tap into the prosperity and tap into His healing and tap into all that He has so that it can flow in you and through you to be revealed in this earth. The world around you is begging for it. There are those in bondage out there to drugs tonight that is begging for the delivering power of heaven to come and set them free. There are people in such depression tonight they are begging for some joy, for some light, for some love to lift them. Begging for sons and daughters of God to be revealed. Oh God, help us. Help us to say, God, I'm, a, I'm in covenant with you. I'm a covenant keeper. You're a covenant keeper. I'm going to take my position. I'm going to posture myself. I'm going to perch myself in the high place. I'm not going to live down here with the chickens and let those circumstances dictate. No, I've got a higher calling. I've got a higher purpose that I'm to take the hand of heaven and I'm to take the hand of earth and the earth is in pain and the hand of heaven is healing and I'm going to bring heaven into this world. I'm going to bring heaven into this misery. I'm going to bring heaven into this darkness uh, and the light and the love and the power of God uh, is going to manifest and the gates of hell are going to be pushed back and there's going to be until the church is taken away. The day is coming when the church will be taken away and the man of lawlessness can do what he wants. And there will be great tribulation, we see. But right now, the church. Sometimes I want to, I want to agree with those that are making 
nasty jokes and in, in, uh, just kind of mm, coarse things about, well, the church. I know what they're saying. They're not talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're talking about a bunch of religious folks who didn't tap into the power of God, so they tried to exercise their own power. And then they couldn't, they couldn't control with their power the devil, so they tried to control everybody around them. And now they got a religious rut going and guilt and condemnation and everything they can try to use in the dark side to try and manipulate people through witchcraft to do what looks like should be God. But I'm telling you what, we don't have to fake it. We don't have to fake it. And somebody say, well, pastor, you know, you're in charge. I'm telling you what, I'm not in charge. The Holy Ghost is in charge when it comes to the church. But when you come to my life and my position as pastor, I'm in charge over the devil. I'm not, I'm not here to t rule any of you and rule over any of you. But I guarantee you, I'll rule over the devil. I'm not afraid of the devil. Some people say, I'm scared to talk about the devil. He might get mad. He's all, I've already been in his bullseye for 26 years. I don't care. He's given me his best shot and I found out the blood against him works. And I found out the name of Jesus against him works. And I found out the authority God gave me against him works. Hallelujah. I found out the word of God against him works. And it'll work for you as well. Praise God. See, the problem with the prodigal son was that he thought he was a slave rather than a son. And Jesus told that story. He says, some of you, you feel like you're a slave. You're a son. Look at how that father responded when he did come back, even after he had messed up. But then the elder son, the older brother that stayed home, had the same problem. He thought, he, he thought like a slave rather than a son. See, the younger son thought he could get rid of his slavery mentality by running away. Some of you can identify with that. Spending his money on everything that he thought would make him happy, and he found out he didn't. But then there's some of you can identify with the older son who didn't run away, but he thought that he could work hard enough, work, 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 work to earn his father's acceptance and wealth and, and move from being a slave to a son. He had to earn it. And he too revealed what, that when uh, the uh, prodigal came back. But remember what the father said. Son, all that is mine is yours. It's yours. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to live with a slave mentality. It's already yours. And I say to you tonight, you and I, we are sons and daughters of God. We are not slaves of God. We are children of God. And we have the right to walk in His blessing and the right to walk in His power. And it's our time to do it. Not like the sons of Sceva. If you remember the seven sons of Sceva, those seven preacher's kids, they went out and they were going to cast out a devil, cast out demons. And they came up to a man possessed with demons and tried to cast them out. And the demons jumped on them, stripped them naked and beat them half to death. And they're running away naked and bloody and, and running. And, and it's like, what in the world? And those demons said to them, you come to us you know, because they came to them, at them, you know, in the name of Jesus, that Paul and you know was coming against them. And he says, you know, Paul, we know. And Jesus, we know. But who are you? Who are you? And I believe the devil's asking this, you has asked you the same question when you've tried to raise up against him. Because he did it to me. I believe he'll do it to you. And when you try to rebuke him, he said, Who are you? Who are you? Pastor might come against me. 
a deacon may come against me. A Sunday school teacher might come against me. A prayer minister may come against me. But who are you? You better rise up and say, I know who I am. They were defeated because they did not know who they were. You better say, I'm a son. Or if you're a woman, say, I'm a daughter of the Most High God. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. The same blood of Jesus Christ that came against every demon of hell comes against you right now. I have the authority to use his name in the legal realm. I come against you in the spirit. And I take hold of every negative thing you're doing. And I bring it to the obedience of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus be against you. The name of Jesus be against you. And if you want to take it for round two, I'm about to come up with an uppercut. Holy Ghost power hope that God because I'm telling you because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world hallelujah hallelujah we got to take our we got to take our posture we got to take our posture so I'm going to leave you with these these here just these thoughts just close your mind just close I'm close your mind close your eyes keep your mind open hallelujah I want to say to you you are more than a conqueror this is straight from the word of God I'm just speaking it over you right now. You are more than a conqueror. You are more, more. You are a king and a priest before God. I say to you tonight, you are a child of God. A joint heir with Jesus Christ. That means that everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. He died and made the will active. He died and made the will active so the transfer, the inheritance could come to you now. Hallelujah. You are the seed of Abraham. That's covenant language. You are of the covenant of Abraham. He took the curse off of you. Took the curse off of you so that the blessing of Abraham might come on you. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Blessed coming in. Blessed going out. Blessed. 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 For you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. God says in Romans 5 and 17, you are to reign as a king in this life. He says, according to the abundance, through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, he says over you now, you are to reign. I speak to that word reign, that you are to exercise your authority, the authority of a king, authority of someone in charge, authority of an overcomer authority of more than a conqueror you are to reign as a king in this life and i pray as the eagle would lift up those wings and god would lift him up oh you were weary you who you you were fainting but now he's increased your strength now he has not only increased your strength but he has given might to those who are without power hallelujah to those who have no might he is increasing your strength. Somebody needed that tonight. You came in here and you felt like you were flatter than, not a pancake, you were flatter than a crepe. You just got that thin. And it was all being squeezed out of you. But I'm here to tell you right now, have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he is not fainted and he is not weary and his understanding is unsearchable. And right now, he gives power to the weak. Would you receive it? Right now, He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, He is increasing your strength. Right now, receive it. He is increasing your strength. For even the youth shall fail, faint, and the weary shall faint, and the young men shall utterly fall. But right now, as you're waiting upon the Lord, as you're waiting upon the Lord, hallelujah, He's going to renew your strength.
You're going to mount up with wings as eagles. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm just lifting my hands. You're going to mount up with wings as eagles. And you're going to leave here running, not to be weary. And walking in this life, not to faint. But to reign as sons and daughters of the Most High God. To reign as kings. To bring forth the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. Lord God, as they lift their hands, let the wind of your Holy Spirit come beneath their wings even this night. And Lord God, there may be opposition in their life. And there may be heartache in their life. And there may be loss in their life. There may be great pain in their life. Just like those turbulence of the storms that would come against the cliffs and come against the, the, uh, the high places. That eagle would go and position himself. He wouldn't run from the pain. He wouldn't run from the, the turmoil. But he would position himself above it what the devil was bringing in to bring destruction what the devil was bringing in to bring pain and and heat in their life is called their god is going to cause a thermal lift hallelujah that trouble in your life right now i say to you that trouble you've been going through that is going to become the fuel that lifts you all you got to do is keep the wings open that's all you got to do just keep the wings up and let me tell you what that thermal lift is coming up right now hallelujah when the devil's just bringing it against you, one thing after the other, one thing after the other, one thing after the other. And it's hurting, I know. It's painful, I know. But what's happened is you've come under it. You've got to lift your wings and begin to praise Him. And say, Lord God, I praise you in the midst of the storm. I pray, I'm like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I, I, you may not deliver me through it. You may not deliver me from it, but you'll deliver me through it. So whichever way, I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to bow. I'm going to keep my wings lifted up. Hallelujah. Because if I mount up with wings as an eagle, Lord God, you're going to cause me to be taking me to the next level. Hallelujah. How many of you right now will say, what the devil's meaning for evil, God's turning it for good. All the pain the devil has brought for evil, God's turning it for good. And you're lifting, you're lifting, you're lifting, you're lifting up right now. Lord God, I pray, for I, as I walk up down these aisles, I pray for everybody here with their hands lifted, Lord. Lord, I don't know the exact pain they're going through. I don't know the exact challenges they're going through. But I know you went to the Holy Spirit. You're lifting them right now. You're lifting them right now. You're bringing them to the next level right now. The devil thought he won. Ha, but we got a good news. We got the word. And you're lifting them. You're lifting them up. You're lifting them up out of that circumstance. You're lifting them up out of that, that dark place. You're lifting them up out of that misery. You're lifting them up out of Hallelujah. Lord God, just let the wind of your Holy Spirit come under their wings this night. Lord God, they're going higher, 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 I say. I prophesy over you, you're going higher. You're going to another height in Christ. You're going to another height in the glory of God. What Your best days are ahead of you. The devil says, your circumstances, your best days are behind you. The devil is a liar. I say higher. The days that you're going to live going forward, I say unto you in the name of Jesus, are going to be greater. There's going to be more joy. There's going to be more happiness. There's going to be more strength. There's going to be more resource. There's going to be more. There's going to be more. The natural says it can't happen, but the supernatural says it will happen. I say unto you this night in the name of Jesus. Higher! Higher! Hallelujah. We position ourselves as an eagle positions himself into the high places, into the high places with the Lord. Hallelujah. And may the Spirit of the living God go with you. May the Spirit of the living God carry you. May the Spirit of the living God heal you. 
May the Spirit of the living God reconcile what needs to be reconciled. May the Spirit of the living God put skin back on what has been skinned. May the Spirit of the living God put a heart back to where you feel like it's only stone. Let the Spirit of God turn those tears of sadness and sorrow into tears of joy. Hallelujah. I say unto you, your mourning is coming to an end. Your sadness is come to an end. Your mourning is being turned to joy. There is beauty for your ashes. I say unto you this night. There's beauty for your ashes that God has given to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. God, I pray thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To God be the glory. To God be the praise. Hallelujah. Somebody's just receiving it right now. I just don't want to, I don't want to rush you through this. Hallelujah. Some of you embracing the word. You're embracing the word. And the word is it's just jolted new newness of life in you. The word is just given a the Holy Spirit has put a a, a, a surge, a surge of, of his glory back in your spirit, man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh glory. We're going higher. Higher. In the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. If our prayer intercessors would come, there may be somebody here that just needs a prayer of agreement tonight. Somebody to just, just somebody to touch. Somebody to talk to. Our prayer ministers are coming here full of the Holy Spirit, ordained men and women of God, ministers of the gospel, elders within the prayer ministry of God's kingdom, standing between heaven and earth. Here they are. If you'd like someone to pray with you tonight, just come on up. Just come on up. Pray with them right now. Let me tell you what, their, their, their greatest joy is to pray with you. Their greatest joy is to believe God for your miracle. Their greatest joy is to speak the Word of God over you. Their greatest joy is to stand in agreement knowing that you by yourself can put a thousand demons to fly, but by them joining with you, there's 10,000 demons got to go. Hallelujah. You need prayer, just come. Would you come? Hallelujah. Oh, dear Lord, have your way. Have your way and minister on this altar. If everybody would just stand with me, please. Come on up if you need prayer so we don't delay. Just come on up. Glory to God. As we stand here, I want you to begin to pray for your brothers and sisters. I want you to begin to pray for everybody in this house tonight. I want you to begin to pray that they would, they would go out of here to be revealed as a son and daughter of God. Hallelujah. God, the world is waiting for the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. I want you to begin to pray. God, use them. I want you to just pray for one another. God, use them. If you feel led to cross the aisles and pray for somebody, just let the Spirit of the Lord lead you. But I want you to just start praying. Just pray. And as you look around and see somebody and let the Spirit of the Lord lead you, say, Lord, I just pray. Pray for them right now, God, for the revelation of your glory, the revelation of your power, the revelation of your love, the revelation of your word, the revelation of your spirit in and through them. And I pray for them, Lord God. Just begin to release blessings. Lord, I pray blessings over them. As you look around, you say, God, I pray blessings over them. I pray blessings, God, from heaven on earth. Lord, that their circumstances will change beginning right now. That that which was going down will turn up right now in the name of Jesus. That which was growing darker will become brighter 
in the name of Jesus. That pain in their body, I come against it in the name of Jesus. That lie that the devil's been whispering in their ear, I bring a cessation to it in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Just pray for one another. Pray blessings. And now let's just pray blessings over God's work over this church. Because God is taking us into the nations like never before. God is taking us around the world like never before. And I believe God is taking us in the communities of Hampton Roads like never before. But we need to go with our knife sharp. We need to go in the anointing. We need to go in the Word. We need to go in the love of God. We need to be sharp. We need to be sharp. Pray for this church. Pray for every ministry of this church. Pray for the outreach of this church. Pray for the lost to hear the Word of healing, the Word of deliverance, and the Word of salvation. Hallelujah! That they would be saved and they would be delivered in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! Pray for the outreaches of this church. And you, pray God, use you as an outreach of this church. In the name of Jesus. Now lift up your family. Lift up your family right now. Maybe it's an aunt. Maybe it's an uncle. Maybe it's a baby grandma. Maybe it's uh, your dad. Maybe it's a child. Lift them up right now. Lift them up right now. In the name of Jesus. Just pull them in. Pull them in. If you have authority in their life through relationship, pull them in. Pull them in, pull them in, pull them in. They may love the Lord, but they're under an attack of the devil. Come against the devil for them. Come against the devil with them in the name of Jesus. Fight, fight, fight in the spiritual warfare. Don't let them fight alone. Go along inside and fight with them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we also lift up Brother Steve tonight as he's making a trip to uh, the funeral of his mother and the loss of his mother, Lord. That God, that you would comfort his heart and all of the family, Lord, and give him protection as he's traveling mercies, Lord God. And Lord God, uh, as he rejoices in knowing that mom is now rejoicing in your presence, Lord, there's still the sadness that is there, Lord. And we just pray you would comfort. Holy Spirit, you're a comforter, that you would comfort his heart. Comfort the hearts of all here tonight who have experienced loss. Lord, there's a comfort that can come from you that the world cannot give us. And there are many here under the sound of my voice who have experienced extreme loss this year. Lord God, we pray, Holy Spirit, you would comfort their hearts, you would comfort their minds, you would comfort their families. Hallelujah. Lord God, now as we prepare to go into the rest of this night and the rest of this week, postured as the eagle in our covenant posture. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would go before us, your Holy Spirit would go in us, and your Holy Spirit would go behind us in every way, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise the name of Jesus.